Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Don't try to evade the responsibility. In your parlance, you blew it. What the hell is going on here? A high-speed pursuit? Two men are killed? An officer in the hospital? A witness almost murdered? Captain Baker would like to have a word with you. Now listen to me, Lieutenant. All right, nail him. I want him written off. Do you let anything reach you? I mean, really reach you? Or are you so used to it by now that nothing really touches you? You're living in a sewer, Frank. Day after day. With you, living with violence is a way of life. Living with violence and death. The way Frank Bullitt's swinging, you know he's heading for a crash with that wall of official disapproval. Chicago blood starts spilling in San Francisco. They hand bullet the mock. Now, what went wrong, Lieutenant? Who else knew where he was? What? Who else knew where he was? What are you implying? Well, they knew where to look for him and they used your name to get in. Are you suggesting I disclosed his whereabouts? You believe what you want. You work your side of the street and I'll work mine. I'm broadcasting. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out NostalgicRadioCars.com, where you where you have everything archived. Right, Bobby? That's right. Good evening. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty godly. <laughs> Oh, that's happy it. Turkey Day to you. Yeah, Turkey Day. Well, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll do that now in case I forget later. But anyway, so here we are. We got a uh, uh, a Thanksgiving show. But we got a uh, today. I have a guest sitting here with me. I got a friend of mine, local guy from Michigan, a car guy, car guy, and he's got little Miss Emma is with him. And Emma is uh, well. Let me welcome Maverick to our radio show. Now Maverick is not just your average car guy. Maverick, without any doubt. Will do it. Maverick is a YouTuber. Well, he's more than just a YouTuber. He's a car guy, but he's got this YouTube, and it's called Maverick Will Do It. And Maverick, welcome to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and uh, tell everybody who you are. And well, now you got that Randy Savage thing going on oh, right yeah, now. Macho man, Randy Savage. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we, we started a YouTube uh, channel about uh, eight weeks ago, and uh, we named it Maverick Will Do It. And uh, that's exactly what we do. Maverick will do it. Maverick will do it. Okay, yes, so sir. what's what's the YouTube channel about? Uh, YouTube channel is about all kinds of different things. Uh, we uh, we do hot rod stuff. We do dog rescue. I started rescuing cats over 25 years ago, so that's kind of what we we uh, we uh, focus on, you know. Uh, we do all kinds of cool stuff. We were drag racing on Saturday night over off the Gandy Bridge and, and uh, OCC, Orange County Choppers. We do uh, the, the Quaker Steak Show on Thursday nights. and We just do all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Super. Okay, now give us a little background on yourself. You're from Michigan and yes, you're kind sir. of a car guy. You used to be in the, uh, basically in the car dealership business, yeah, kind of like yeah, me. So give yeah. us a little background how you kind of got in the car business and what your part of Michigan was like. Well, I was always in the automobiles as a kid growing up, you know, and in the motocross racing I was a motocross racer and uh, got into automobiles and cars years ago and my my uh, family my uh, my uh, father uh, uh, Tony and my uncle uh, Jim DeLouis, uh owned uh, uh, two uh, dealership franchises years ago we owned a uh, Buick uh, Pontiac uh, uh, GM dealership and then we owned a DeLouis Goy Dodge dealership in Bridgman Michigan so uh, the, the car thing goes way back in the family. <laughs> now, where's, where's where, what part of Michigan is that? Uh, Bridgman, Michigan. What's that uh, near? That would be near St. Joe, Michigan, across Lake Michigan from Chicago. That's where, oh, that's where we grew up. Here. Now wait a minute. Now I got to hold my hand up it's here. It's wine country, man. It's down in the down in the down on Lake Michigan. Down, is that the thumb? That's down in the thumb. Yeah. Okay, yeah, down in the thumb. Yeah, okay, all right, thumb. cool. Yep, down, yeah, right on the lake. We now wait a minute. Now Kalamazoo's north of that, right? Kalamazoo is where I went to college. Yeah, I went to Western Michigan University. Yes, sir. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this now. Since you went to Kalamazoo or yeah. near there, Kalamazoo is also known for Gibson guitars. Did you ever play any music? Uh, no, I did not play any music. But I lied. I got a lot of music buddies. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, my cool. buddies are bands, and uh, I actually worked as a bouncer at a uh, at a real uh, 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 cool uh, hard rock bar called the White House. Oh, the White House. There okay. was a, there was a famous hard rock and roll bar way back when when, when Lillian Axe was popular and and Warrant and and Winger and all these different bands. And I was actually a bouncer there at college on the weekends, Friday and Saturday nights. I worked at the White House, and my friends actually owned the place. No kidding. The Heidi's, and they were great, wonderful, awesome. Some people, and we had a blast in there in the weekends. You know, neat, neat, yeah. neat. 
Yeah, Lily Nance was one of the huge deals that used to come out there on the weekends, and the place would pack the house every weekend. You know, hair band-aids. Yeah, yeah. You know, the crazy chicks in the hot pants and dancing like crazy all night and, you know, that crazy stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of crazy stuff, speaking of music, what kind of music do you like? Uh, hard rock and roll. All right, give us a band. Give us Five Finger Death Punch. Five... Bobby, do we have anything from Five Finger Death Punch? Five Finger Death Punch, man. Oh, I'll get working on it. He'll get working they're, on they're that. Playing, they're actually playing tonight in Tampa. Are they Five really? Five Finger Death Punch is live in Tampa tonight. No yes, kidding. Sir. Yep. Speaking of which, Tommy James and the Shondells are going to be live at uh, oh, awesome. the Villages. What? I think in December 3rd, 4th, or something like that? So, oh, yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Speaking of the Villages, so over the weekend, what I did is I went up to uh, the Villages, and there's a uh, they have like three squares, or more squares, I guess, but a whole bunch of squares. But Spanish Landing is one of the big squares there, and then Lake Sumter. Is, is that what it is? Lake Sumter Square? Is Lake that? Sumter Landing. Yeah. Lake Sumter Landing. Okay. And that's actually where the uh, VLG uh, radio station is, right? WVLG, the yes, yeah. Villages Radio Station. But anyway, so they had a big British car show thing over there, and we met a bunch of the guys at Safety Harbor at the British Car Show back in October, and they kind of invited us to go up there, so I went up there, and uh, I was pretty impressed. i got to tell you something about the Villages. You know, you go up there, and it's its own little world. I've okay? heard a lot about it. Those guys are, yeah, well, yeah, we've heard those stories too. But anyway, so when you go up there, you know, it's like it's go-kart, golf cart city. Yeah. And, uh, but they, like, you know, you, you talk to some of the people, and they say, we have everything we need here. You know, you got restaurants, you got shopping centers, you got entertainment. It's and a compound, ev- isn't it? Yeah, it's like and a compound right Yeah, there. and every... Every square has music and entertainment yeah. all day long. We got something from Five Finger Death Punch thingy. So they did a cover of Bad Company? Oh, they did. That I know is clean, at least. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They did a cover of Bad Company. Yeah. All right, let's hear a little uh, Five, whatever it's called, something Death Punch. There it is, right there. That's all right. right. Oh, yeah. A company. Here. Uh, nostalgia Radio Cards will touch that doll. Here's uh, a cover song. I figured it out. Destiny. Oh, it's the rising sun. I was born a shotgun in my hands. Behind the gun.
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back with the to Nostalgia Radio Cars. Um, all right, so here's something else I did today, too. I had to go uh, chase my tires from my truck, which was, that's another story for another day. But anyway, while I was on my way back, I stopped by my friends over there at Roosters. And if you recall, um, they had a really, really cool 1931 Ford uh, Model A Roadster pickup truck that they had built for SEMA. And what was interesting is... Um, we did this appraisal on the car, but I actually went over there again today, and I took another close look at that car. And I got to tell you, when you look at the detail on that car and how thorough and how just absolutely stunning it is. Now they brought that car to SEMA, so let me tell you how the 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 the, the routine works in Detroit, where you're from. They have oh, yeah. the Autorama every year, right? And yeah. that's where they have they give away the Riddler Award Autorama, for some of the yep. baddest street rods or hot rods in the, on the world. And then in California, they have the Grand National Roadster Show. So the way this kind of works is if you, the SEMA is the last really cool car show of the year where the best of the best show, okay? So if you want to really get a car that has a, an outstanding, stunning award, what you first do is you get the car. It, the car's built for competition. So obviously, first thing you want to do is you want to go to the Autorama in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's at Cobo Hall still, right? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and go for the Riddler Award. And then after that, a couple months later, they have the Grand National Roadster Show, which is in California. Okay. And if you get an award at that one, now these cars have won these prestigious honors. Then, either if it's a Riddler Award car or if it's a Grand National, winner, you know, and there's different classes obviously, then what happens is you want those those organizations want that car at SEMA so they can display the Grand National winner and also the Riddler winner. So Very this well. is, because they put the car at SEMA first, they were unfortunately were excluded from the opportunity to go to Grand National or to the uh, um, the Riddler. However, they're building another car there, which, you know, it, like I said, it takes years to get these cars. And if you look at the detail, you have no idea. And why I'm bringing this thing up is because I was actually invited to go over there and do another appraisal on another car, which is a 34, 33, 34 Ford oh, yeah. three-window but this is a fiberglass car, a stunning paint job, wow. uh, small block Chevrolet, automatic with air conditioning, a lot of chrome, a lot of uh, powder coating, and, and the whole nine yards. Built some thirty-two Fords. Yeah. yeah. So where I'm steel going with bodies. where so I'm going body, with yeah. so, okay, so that's a, yeah. So when you have yeah. when you're when you're appraising these cars, a steel body car versus a fiberglass body, 
uh, obviously the steel body cars are worth more, particularly if it's an original car, fiberglass yeah. bodies, but you can have just as much in the paint. Now, I will put the uh, some information on this car on my website and also on my Facebook page, and I'll show you to illustrate the paint job, because the paint job is candy, clear, with metal flake. And the process, cool. which it takes to do that, it's not your simple, simply two, three, four thousand dollar you know, candy paint job, candy apple red, red oh, with wow, gold flake in color. it, and it's beautiful color. It's oh, it's a stunning wow, car, man. and uh, so, but it, you know, to, to to replicate this and the hours, just to just to give you an idea, put it in perspective, a gallon of clear today, the really really good stuff, is probably about four hundred dollars, four hundred fifty dollars oh, a gallon. Yeah. Same thing with paint. So you could have two, three thousand dollars easily in materials, and then the rest of it is the prep time. Prep time takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and then the paint, and then the wet sand, and then the buffing, and then the clear-coated again, and then the wet sand, and then the process is over and over and over. So the, you know, when you want to know why a paint job costs you know, $10,000, dollars $30,000, that's exactly why. And right now, we're watching on one of those TV stations here. I think it's uh, Bitchin' Rides. Oh, yeah. And Dave Kendig's a friend of ours, and he's been on our show a few times. Oh, cool. And he's like, you know, $40,000, $50,000 for a paint job. But I can see why. I mean, wow. it looks like a mirror. It's not something you want to drive on the street, but, you know, if you've got the money and you want to, you know, the ultimate show car, that's it. Beautiful. Anyway, all right. So when you were a kid, what yeah. kind of cars did you have? When you were 16, what did you have? We always have to ask that question. When I was 16? Yeah. What would you, I, had you? A, I had a Chevy Vega. A Vega? <laughs> a Vega. <laughs> I actually had two Vegas. I had a four-cylinder stick shift Vega. And I had, I had three Vegas. I had three a Vegas. silver one. I had a, I had a red one. And then I took a I took a Camaro Vega body, yeah, and I pulled the four cylinder out, and I bought a hooker header kit, and I dropped a small block Chevy in a Vega. Oh, okay. <laughs> With a Holly carburetor. <laughs> what, what year Vegas were they? Were it was they... a '72 body. Okay, so it they were like the a Camaro bump. in the front end. Yeah, 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 yeah. The good looking ones. Yeah, it looked like a Camaro. It was badass. Oh, no, well, we, that, that one is that, that one is one acceptable. Badass, yes. we can get the three is fine. Four is where you get into. <laughs> anyway, I would take that thing out. We had a cruising strip on McKinley Avenue in Mishawaka, Indiana, and everybody would cruise McKinley. Uh-huh. And I would take that car out there and blow everybody's doors off because I had a small car with a big motor. Yeah, and that would do it. I could do a thirty mile an hour kick down and not blow the rear end. Okay, if I did it from a dead stop, it had that spring leaf spring suspension in the back, and it would blow the rear end. The, body, the rear end would hop, and then bam! Break the snap the drive shaft. Another rear end to replace it. But I had the fastest thirty mile an hour thirty mile an hour kick down car, quarter mile. I could beat anybody. Well, that worked. That one was cool. With here is a complete <laughs> lack of respect for the law. <laughs> <laughs> so what he does every once in a while during the show is he'll throw in these little cool. movie clips well, and I stuff like that. Like so anyway, all right. So then, what did you have after that? Well, I went to a, I went to a uh, what did I go to after that? A lot of cars. I went to a '79 Z28 Camaro. Ooh, I nice. bought that. Yeah, and I actually still have that car in my shop today. That's the silver one. That's the silver. Bobby, he's got a 79 Z28 automatic it's car. It's all original car. Yeah. All original car. Yeah. So you've had that that long? I've had that for 37 years. <laughs> Tell us about this Mopar that's on your uh, on your YouTube channel here. That, this. That's a Cuda. That's a, a Barracuda Cuda. Yeah. Cuda. That's a 1972 Barracuda Cuda. So tell that's us a, a story on that car. Well, that, that car came from a guy named Bill uh, Stanick, and he was a mechanic at Vernon M. Ball in Elkhart, Indiana. And he had a... 
he actually had a a uh, a superbird. He had a superbird build it. He was a hot rodder guy, uh-huh. and he had a he had a superbird. And he rolled his superbird by the White House. I told you about the hard rock and roll. <laughs> he rolled his superbird there one year, and he put it back together. And he ordered a, a seventy two three forty pistol grip four speed Cuda. Okay, and he traded the superbird in on the Cuda, and I oh. got the paperwork to prove it. So so Bill had this Cuda ever since it was brand new. He took this Cuda. Home, he pulled the motor and made it a complete drag car. Uh-huh. The car's only got 10,000 original miles on it, okay? And he drag raced it. He made it a 13 to 1, 340. So it's it's hopped up. He changed the rear end, the tranny, the clutch, everything. It's 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 hopped up. It's a 10, 11, 12 second quarter mile car that runs on a race gas only. So I bought the car from Bill when he got a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so he owed his wife like 10 grand or something. So I run into Bill because he married a relative and I heard through the grapevine he had this car on jack stands in a storage building. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a, I arranged an appointment with him and I went and looked at the car and I didn't act too too uh, I didn't act too excited, excited about purchasing it because I knew he was very attached to this car, right? So and he, he had lost it in a divorce. He got it back from the ex-wife, but he had to pay her money. So he had to sell the car to pay her. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story. So I left there not, not showing very much excitement about the automobile. And I called him a week later and said, I'll take it. Okay, well, he had a set price on the car at seventy five hundred bucks, and, it, and I called him and told him I wanted it. He told me it's going to take ten to buy it. <laughs> and I said, "Fine, I'll pick it up, but you want me to go get it." You know. So he's like, "So I went over to pick up the car. He had all this these original beautiful parts for this car. Uh-huh. Okay, all the originals. I have the original air element. I have the original cam. I have the original lifters. I have the original pistons and rods. I have all that original stuff. That's cool. Okay. It's it's all original." And, and, and the air element is original from the car from 1972. It's in the air element. It's all brand new stuff, okay? Original thermal quad, you know, that came on the car, okay? So I went over and picked this up. And he's like, man, I think I got the paperwork for this thing somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And I said, well, fine, I'll pick it up whenever you find it. So a week later, he calls me and he's all excited. He's like a little kid in the candy store, you know? He's all excited. Hey, Maverick, I found the paperwork for the car. I got all the paper. You can come over and pick it up. I went over and picked it up. It was like Christmas, you know? Uh-huh. This is like Christmas for a car guy. You get uh-huh. all this original paper for this original car. It was just awesome, you know? Awesome. So I've owned that car for 27 years. That's so, good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, so it's a beautiful, beautiful machine. So it's on my Facebook page. <laughs> all right. So now, there. and I noticed it's got a nice big Trump sticker on there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, go yeah, Trump. We support. We we support Donald Trump. Yes, there sir. you go. Yes, sir. All right. So now Trump. you were telling me earlier you were out of Gandy this weekend, kind oh, of playing yes. around. You were teasing the kids. Yeah, I went to Gandy. I I, uh, I went back home to Michigan to take care of my mother, and uh, I found out a buddy died of COVID. So then I. Uh, he had he was a hot rod guy like me, and he had a barn full of hot rod cars. Oh. And he had a he had a he had a Z06 Corvette was one of his prized possessions. So I went to the sale and I bought this Corvette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where we're going with this. So I, <laughs> yeah. so I brought the Corvette to Florida on a on a U-Haul trailer, okay, yeah. and unloaded, put it in the barn. 
So I figured, oh, I want to go have some fun with this thing. So Saturday night, we went to St. Pete Bike Fest over at Orange County Choppers, a Barracuda, Harley Davidson. And I run into a buddy who's got a Mach 1 Mustang. He says, follow me over to Gandy, Maverick. I'm going over to the races on Gandy Bridge on Saturday night. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, follow me. So on the way over there, I drag race him. I drag race him down 49th Street. Then we hit 275, and I get this Camaro pull up next to me. And I run over Gandy Bridge. I must have been doing 150, 160. Okay, going over Gandy. So we get over to Gandy, and there's this Walmart over there. Okay, this Walmart. It's full of hot rod cars. All these kids tuning their cars, all kinds of crazy stuff. The whole parking lot is full, and the store is closed. This is after 11 o'clock at night. So then you hear these guys, they're coming in and out, coming in and out, and I'm walking around and stuff. I'm like, man, this is cool, man, this is cool. My buddy's like, man, this is cool. I hang out over here on the weekends, you know? I'm like, yeah. So we walk over to the edge of the parking lot, and the kids are racing down this service road next to Walmart. Uh-huh. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going back to get the car. I want to go racing. So I walk back to the car, and I'm like, Emma, Emma, we're going That's racing. the doggy, the doggy. Yeah, this is Emma, guys. Now, this is she a my, rescue dog? Yeah, this is a rescue dog. This is Emma. She's a little chihuahua. Yeah, How old is Emma? Chihuahua. She's 12 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's as old as our radio show. Oh, yeah. She's, she's <laughs> this is Emma. Hi, Emma. How she's, you? she's the star. I just follow her lead. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so I put Emma in the passenger seat. We go racing. <laughs> so, we're running down the service road a few times with these kids. So, I, so I got this other young man approach me. He's like, hey, man, you want to race? And I'm like, yeah, let's go line them up. He says, I got a Lexus. I said, no problem. <laughs> I'm racing my buddy's vet, you know, the six-speed Corvette, yeah. Z06. I'm racing this thing, you know. So I pull up, so I pull out, I'm getting ready to line up, and guess what comes? The Christmas tree goes up, and this cop, and this cop's coming in. <laughs> the Christmas tree's going, so everybody bolts out of there, man. Yeah. The kid, one kid goes out, you know, that way everybody's gone, man. <laughs> so I pulled out of there slowly, went past him, and hung a right, and another Corvette come by, so I raced up trying to catch him. <laughs> so then all the kids had up with the 7-Eleven. <laughs> what a fun night. Didn't get back to about 3 in the morning. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Going back 20 years, did you guys used to do that up oh, in Michigan? Oh yeah, we had a spot. We raced. Yeah, M60. We'd line it. We'd line up at we'd line up at 3rd Street and M60. There was a there was we call it a Christmas tree, but it was a stoplight. Uh-huh. You know, you know, when that light went green, you hammered it to the river, man. <laughs> the first one that got to the St. Joe River Bridge, you won. <laughs> so we'd all go out there and race on the weekends. Yeah, fun time. So what are some of the other cool cars you had over the years? Well, uh, gosh, man, I bought all kinds of stuff. I, I, uh, I bought a, a Mustang 5.0 GT T-top car mm-hmm. in 85 when I graduated from high school. And I've had the Camaro, the Mustang, the Cuda. You still have the Mustang? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a GT five-speed T-top car. Is it sitting over there at the, yeah, uh, at the oh, bar? Yeah. yeah, they're all they're all shoehorned in there. Okay. Over there. <laughs> well, that's cool. They're, no. <laughs> they're all shoehorned in there. So I uh, uh, got a 96 Cobra back home. Oh, do you? Yeah, I got a 96 Cobra. We bought it new, and it's only got 3,300 miles on it. So, well, with your dad and your uncle and everybody being involved in the car dealership back yeah. in the day, did you ever did you buy any brand new cars back then and st- squirrel those away? Well, yeah, no, I didn't. I never kept any of the new stuff. The only new vehicle I kept, I kept was a GMC pickup truck. Which That's what you're driving. Have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three quarter ton, six liter. It's a it's an LS motor truck, so I kept it. Yeah, okay, that's Black good. on black, you know, black's one of my favorite colors, so we kept that. My dad's an Oldsmobile guy, so he's got two uh, two Oldsmobile convertible 442s. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, he's got two 442s. They're both convertible. One's, any, white, one's white and one's green. Any W30s, or are they just 442s? No, they're just 442 models. Yeah. Four, four, four speeds are automatic? They're, they're four speeds. Yeah, no they're four speed cars. How long have you had those? Oh, my gosh. Not am I. 
50 <laughs> so since you were a kid 56 yeah dad had those cars since we were since i was in my my, my eight nine years old he's had those cars for a long time yeah. did you ever get to see oldsmobile's made what lansing in lansing michigan yeah. right did you ever go to the factory or anything like that when you were never a kid? been to the factory no. no no i've been to the oldsmar fest over in oldsmobile you know oldsmar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we've okay. done that yeah, i've been over there but dad's cars are back in michigan so he's got them in the garage up there so okay how about brothers or sisters you got any yeah, I got a brother, older brother named Tony. I got an identical twin named Joe. Oh, really? Got a, uh, there's two Randy Savages right now? There's two of us, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage! Yeah. Well, you know Hulk Hogan's been on the show before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go by Hulk's house on the beach and grab up the cootie once in a while. Yeah, well, he's a Mopar guy. Beach. Oh, yeah, he's a Mopar guy. Yeah, yeah he's got I a beach. I followed him around on the beach a few times. Have you? Yeah, I have, yeah. You should yeah. pull up behind him and, you know, give him the old Randy thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's back when they were the New World Order. Oh, back yeah, in the day. yeah, NWO, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good stuff. How about motorcycles? You screw around with bikes at all? Yeah, I raced uh, dirt bikes when I was a kid, motocross. Oh, really? What kind of bikes? Uh, I raced, uh, I started racing Hondas, and I went to Yamahas, and I went back to Hondas. Did so, you get any factory support or just no, local no dealer? factory support? No, no, I was a good racer, but but uh, I didn't race enough to be good enough to, to get any factory support. But uh, I was a wide open racer guy, you know, and I still got the last bike I raced. It's a CR one twenty five two thousand four. Okay. It's a race. It's a race edition, two thousand four. So. I actually raced it around the shop. Oh, is that the one you see buzzing around the <laughs> store? I raced shop? around the shop. <laughs> I just rebuilt the car, but I put a new float, neat, uh, float, needle and seat and stuff in there. Yeah, it runs like brand new. So, so, I, so when you, what's it like being a kid and your dad and your uncle and everybody's got a car dealership? What's it like? Oh, I don't is know. Is it a kid in a candy store? I mean, well, yeah, it was interesting to go into the car stores. We were young, you know, when they owned those things. So, but uh, dad, dad was a Whirlpool man too. He worked for Whirlpool Corporation. Oh, really? So uh, yeah, so he was a Whirlpool man, and then uh, uh, he, they owned the dealership, and then they actually owned a very large body shop in Stevensville, Michigan, called Lakeshore Body Shop. So they had 20, 25 employees working for him there at one time also. Oh, so, they, yeah. so we were we were a car family, I guess. Yeah, we had a lot of cars in the family. So when you were a kid, did you work in the dealerships? Did you ever go through, do you know, working as a mechanic for a while, detail shop, body shop, any well, of that kind of you stuff? Well, know, you know, when I got to be older, when I got to be older and I went to college, they actually sold the dealerships. Oh. They sold them off. And they, I started my own dealership after college. Oh, did you? So, yeah, I had my own place for 23 years. And what did you specialize in? Oh, I specialized in Jeeps. Jeeps? <laughs> I sold Jeeps. Jeeps, okay. I sold Jeeps. I sold Grand Cherokees. I sold Liberties. I sold Wranglers. I sold all that shit. Did you have a Jeep franchise or did you just nope. sell? No. Nope. Nope. I bought all my Jeeps from Jeep franchises. Oh, okay. And I brought them to my place, and I always sold them two grand less than what they would sell them. For. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a pretty good dealership, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, I sold a lot of Jeeps. The light bulb went off one day because I had a Jeep. There was a Jeep franchise by my car lot one day, and I thought they're not selling any any used Jeeps. People need a used Jeep, you know, a nice clean, one owner. I specialized in one owner like brand new vehicles. Mm -hmm. That's what I specialized in. So I would go to the sales and buy these one owner like brand new Jeeps and bring them back to my lot. And I would sell them two grand less than what they were asking for them on their lot. Uh -huh. And they would never sell them. I'd bring them back to my place and mark them two grand under and sell them. And make two grand. <laughs> wow. That's what I did. 
Well, now the whole industry's changed quite oh, a bit. Oh my now. gosh, it's a mess. I would want to be. I sold that out in 2018. I was done. You're done. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. So. So you got out of it just in the nick of time. Yeah, basically. it was good timing. Yeah, my dad said you should keep it, keep it, keep it. And I said, I don't know. I want to go to Florida. I'm not gonna keep it. <laughs> <laughs> so I sold, you know. So then we had the big deal in 2020, and you know it's still been tough. Yeah, it the is. Dealership yeah. guys are having a tough time. It's tough. Well, the, it's not so much the dealership so much as it is the dang wholesalers. We can't get inventory. anything from the dealerships. They won't sell us anything. Inventory is a big issue. Yeah, yeah it you is. can't buy inventory. If you can't have inventory, you can't you can't have a dealership. No, you know you're dead. You know. Yeah, you got to have inventory, absolutely. You know. All right, boats. You got a boat. Tell us about your boat. Yeah, I raced. I raced boats for a while. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I raced that fountain I got in there. I got a Reggie fountain. So I got into boat racing uh, 15 years ago, I think uh -huh. it was. So uh, yeah, I got into boat racing. I started out with a rinker, a 20 foot rinker with a 350 in it, <laughs> and then I went to a Wellcraft Scarab oh, with nice. a big block in it. Yeah. And then I went to the fountain. So uh, with twins, you know, the racing boat. So, so I made a big jump from the Wellcraft single engine boat to the fountain. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> the fountain's a big boy toy, you know. Has it got twin engines? Oh yeah, it's a twin. Yeah. Okay. It's a twin LS motor boat, so it's pretty fast. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fresh water boat. I only run it fresh water. <laughs> I keep it like brand new. <laughs> so I run it Tarpon Lake once in a while. I take. Oh, it you out. don't even take it out in the Gulf? No, I don't use it in the salt. Really? No, I only race it, only race it in fresh water. So I did a race in Missouri in 2020, uh -huh. uh, Lake of the Ozarks, and then I did a race in Kentucky in Lake Cumberland this year with it. So I had some fun with it. Well, about once a year, I'll take it out and race it. Well, now what about? Did you ever take the boat up? I mean, did you rent it up in Michigan? I raced it on Lake Michigan a lot. Well, in Michigan, salt water, isn't it? No, no, no. Lake Michigan, you got your five Great Lake states. I right. grew up on Lake Michigan. It's a big, huge, fresh body of water. Okay, so there's no salt coming in there from no the ocean salt. to the river and anything like nope, that. Nope, there's five great, there's five fresh Great Lakes, you know, in yeah. the, up in the Michigan area. And I lived on one of them, which is uh, Lake Michigan. We grew up there. Okay, so that's where I raced the boat mainly you know, in the, the beginning years. You know, I hear the water can get pretty rough up there. No, it's rough. It's real rough. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> we love stories. I'll story. tell you a real story. Okay, tell us a real story. Okay, I always went across the lake for Air and Water Show weekend. Uh, in, uh, in September. Uh, Chicago always had an air and water show. So we always got together and we would race across the lake. Uh -huh. Okay? And uh, sometimes you're going across in 10, 12, 15 footers. So you got the nose down, you got the drives in, and you're going through the waves and you're cutting the waves in half. And the wind, the waves are going over your head and they're landing in the boat and your bilges are pushing the water out. It's crazy. No kidding. <laughs> so the last time I did that, I had a helicopter follow me all the way to Chicago. Yeah, cool. Dang. Real story, man. Fun, crazy stuff. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of speeds were you driving? Uh, we, you run about 40, 50 mile an hour through the waves, but the boat's designed to cut the waves in half. It's going right. to be bottom. It cuts the waves, and then the windshield's designed to shoot the wave over your head. Okay. So you go straight into them. You go straight through the waves. Cuts them in half, and... Didn't you worry about pitch pulling or anything like that? No, no. The boat would go straight through them. Straight through, really? Straight through them, man. It's crazy. Oh, dang. Crazy cool stuff, man. After I did it, I got over to Chicago. I said, man, what are you doing, Maverick? You're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're nuts? What are you doing? So then one year, I went over with my girlfriend, and the lake was flat, okay? Yeah. And on the way back, we had 12, 13, 15 footers on the way back. Now, that was crazy. 
Okay, what's oh, the yeah. story there? Oh man, we we were under, we we came out of Diversity Harbor in Chicago, and we got to head back toward uh, Michigan City. Uh-huh. Okay, Michigan City, Indiana, which is right on the Michigan Indiana border, where I launched the boat, and uh, we come out of there, and you can't see nothing. I mean, it, you the cloud cover is dark and gray. You can only see. 10 feet over in front of the bow of the boat. So you're running your GPS, you're running your, your compass, and you got the nose down and you're going through the waves and it's crazy, it's cold, it's 50 degrees out. It's cold. So I got the girlfriend sitting next to me. To see. <laughs> She's a school teacher, she's gotta go teach on Monday morning. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, we'll take you back, you know? So then back at Diversity, I got all these people approaching us. You, you better not go out, Maverick. You better not go out there and go across that lake. And I said, I go across How that lake. How many miles is it? How many miles? It's uh, it's about 45 miles to get okay. to uh, Michigan City. From it's 65 to get to St. Joe. Okay. So we went 45, then we went another 20. And and uh, so anyway, we everybody's like, you shouldn't go across. I said, no, I can go across that lake in my boat. There's no problem. My boat won't sink. <laughs> <laughs> that boat won't sink. And I know it, you know. Reggie Fountain's never had a hall failure, so, so okay. that's that's one of the best built built uh, racing boats on the market, you know. Well, you didn't want to end up like the wreck of the Edmunds Fitzgerald, right? No, but that was no, like no. superior, though, right? <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> but that was cool times. We got across the lake, and then we then we ran across the top of the waves down to St. Joe. Uh-huh. So you could actually run across the top of these. The waves are so big, you could run across the top of them. It was just cool. Really? Yeah, cool. I wish I had a videotaped it, man. <laughs> just kind of chine walk across the Right the top? across the top of the waves. Yeah, the Neat. boat would go across right across them. Yeah, Lake Michigan's a pretty big, crazy body of water. It uh, it'll it'll get uh, it'll get 10, 15, 20 footers like now, you know. Jeez. So it's crazy. It, there's a lot of a lot of boats sitting in the bottom of Lake Michigan. If <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fun times, fun times. But uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, rescue Emma. pets a little bit there. Yeah. So how'd you get involved in that? Well, I started rescuing cats. Really? About. Uh, 35 years ago, I started rescuing cats. How'd that come about? Well, <laughs> I guess I had a girlfriend that started bringing them home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, they were, they, a lot of them were little little kittens. Like kittens. Yeah. And she, she would bring them home, you know. So then we would, we would find homes for them and adopt them out and stuff. And we kept several of them. And one of them was a blind cat that had lost both his eyes. And his name was Hani. He was kind of born that way. So he had to go and have surgeries and get his eyes sewn shut. But he lived almost 10 years. But wow. uh, I had, I, I saved, I don't know how many kitties I saved. And they were all strays, every single one of them. I saved adult cats too, not just kittens. I would bring adult cats home and I would bring a few ferals home. So they all ended up being just wonderful, just great house pets. And they were the best thing in the world. I miss all my kitties. But uh, I had nine total that I saved. Uh-huh. And I had six living in my home at one time, at any <laughs> given time. So in my basement of <laughs> my house, I had 90 pounds of cat litter in the basement. Okay? So each box, you could put 30 pounds of cat litter in. Yeah. So you'd have to go down twice a day and scoop these boxes. <laughs> so that was a project, let me tell you, dude. That was a big project. But I loved all my kitties. They all lived about 23 years until they all passed away. Really? That yeah. long? 23 yeah. years? 23 years, yeah. Well, yeah. we're doing good because we, how old's Tabitha? Tabitha's what, about 18 now? Oh, I had a Tabitha. Uh, seven, six, 17. Oh, yeah, I had a Tabitha. She lived to 20 years old. No kidding. Yeah, wow. She was black. She showed up on the porch. Yep. She, yep. she had a little white She had a little white thing on her chest, and she was all black. Yeah, and she was, times, but... yeah she was the smallest kitty we had. <laughs> 
and she was the boss of all the kitties except for Goldie Boy. Uh -huh. Goldie Boy was the alpha cat. Big Boy, Goldie Boy, or Blondie. They had three names. Uh -huh. He was a big orange Tom. And I brought him home from a customer that worked for me. So anyway, I brought him home, and he was a big, huge Tom. And he was the boss of all the kitties, Goldie uh -huh. Boy was. And then Tabitha, she wouldn't, she wouldn't take any crap off any of those big cats. She, she would really put them in their place. So she outlived them all. She lived to 20. Wow. So she was, she was a great kitty. So I remember all my kitties. They were wonderful. So I buried them in my backyard, my home in Michigan, and I buried them kind of like an airplane because I've always been interested in airplanes. Okay. So I buried them like an airplane, and Goldie was the, the head cat at the point, yeah. and then the rest of them I buried back like wings, you know? Okay. Yeah, so that's my that's my cat, cat, cat cemetery at home <laughs> in my, my backyard, man. <laughs> True story. So I actually sold that house this year. And, I, and the new owner, I, they, there's gravestones back there, and I went out and I approached the new owner. I said, "Look, man, just leave these here if you would." I said, "This is this is my uh, cat this is my cat cemetery back here." He said, "No problem, man. We're gonna leave it the way it is." Super. So that was good. So then, how did then you then you morphed into dogs? We went to dogs, yeah. Went to dogs, and this is this is little Emma. Hello, Emma. <laughs> this is Emma. This is Princess Emma. She's a three and a half pound Chihuahua. And she's an apple head. You see that head? That's an apple. That's an apple? Yeah, that's an apple. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so she's dad's boss. Anything Emma wants, Emma gets. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> anyway, all right. So then uh, how'd you get in with the, uh, what's the first dog story? How'd you get the, how'd you get going with dogs? Well, Another dated, girlfriend brought a dog I home. Dated a gal and we went, <laughs> I dated a gal and she brought home Emma one day. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I got into dogs. Right, Emma? Oh look at the little baby! She's ready to go to sleep. <laughs> how many? How many? How many dogs have you uh, rescued? Oh my gosh, we've rescued a lot of dogs. So we go on a trip usually once a year, and we'll rescue a dog from another state, and we'll bring the dog back home uh -huh. here to Florida, and then we'll find a nice home for him. So the last one we we uh, rescued, we got him in uh, Arkansas, and his name was Chief. Chief. Chief Ten Bears. We got his name was Chief, and I named him Chief Ten Bears. Okay. So we had Chief for what about about three months, right, Emma? So Chief was Emma's boyfriend. Oh, okay. What so kind Chief, of dog was Chief? Chief was a pit bull. Oh, pit bull. Okay. <laughs> and he's true. the biggest sweetie in the world. Okay. And he was Emma's boss. Or Emma, Emma was his boss. Emma, Emma bossed Chief around. So we get to see Chief whenever we want, don't we? Huh? Was Chief around? Yeah, Chief's here in Florida. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, baby. Oh, look at the baby. Look at the baby. Oh. What are we doing, huh? huh? Your crazy dad's always doing crazy stuff, isn't he? <laughs> so, All right, so you mentioned airplanes. Did you ever play around planes? Yes, yes, I did. You did. All right, tell us about that. We never really had anybody planes. on here talking about Since aviation. Since I was a boy, I played around with planes. Uh, we had a uh, World War II uh, hero pilot in the family. His name was Frederick Liddy, and he flew in the World War II. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, when he retired from the war, he went to work for National Standard and Simplicity Patterns and Tyler Refrigeration in Niles, Michigan. And uh, he ran the airport there for over 40 years. So he, there's a big obituary about Frederick Liddy on the internet. And uh, I flew with Fred when I was a boy and, and up through college. And then, uh, and then uh, when Fred passed away at 92 years old, and uh, uh, he was a decorated pilot in the military, but uh, he was a great guy. So I've always been interested in planes. 
So I've actually been going to the small airport over here in Clearwater and taking lessons to get my pilot's license. Really? So I'm working on that. Yeah. Okay. I've been working on that now for uh, about three years. How, uh, what type, do you have, is there any particular type of plane that you Just like? Just a small wing Cessna. Okay. You know? yep. Single engine. Yep, yep. Do you plan on uh, getting instrument ready at some point in time, or are you just going to be? Oh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Really? We'll see. We're just having fun with it right now, you know. Well, when you were up there with your uncle, then did you fly with him? I mean, did yeah, he I flew with him. Yeah. Did he teach you to fly? Yeah, I flew. He taught me how to fly. Yeah. Okay. But I never did get the license, you know. I got you. So we're working on that right now, right, Emma? And yeah. she loves to fly too. She loves to fly this too. This dog's done everything. Okay. Boat, motorcycles, Boats, cars. motorcycles, jet skis, snowmobiles. We we rode snowmobiles well, for years. Talk about snowmobiles. Yeah, yeah. We rode snowmobiles in the UP for about nine years. Okay. And uh, uh, the state of Michigan has about uh, uh, was it twenty thousand miles of snow groomed snowmobile trails through the woods of Michigan. So my, my father built a retirement home on a small lake up in Michigan called Sand Lake. So we always went up there every winter and we snowmobiled the, the trail systems in Michigan, yeah. Sand so, Lake, so, really? Yeah, Sand Lake. Yeah, my dad has a home on Sand Lake in Michigan. So we would go snowmobile. Uh, we, would, we would unload the sleds in the front yard of the house and we would leave the house and ride the trails. So a groomed snowmobile trail is about 10, 12 feet wide. Uh -huh. And it's groomed. You can almost drive a car down it. So uh, the state of Michigan maintains the trails uh, throughout the whole the whole season. You know how many people? I mean, is it like so? It's basically a recreational area. It's a recreation. You got to buy a recreation sticker. Okay. You got to have your snowmobile registered, insured, and you can drive these systems. You know. How about snowmobile racing? Did you ever do any of that? No, I never did any snowmobile racing. I always wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to race snowmobiles. I did go to a lot of snowmobile races. Okay. Uh, they call it snowcross. Snowcross. Snowcross, yeah. So I've been to as many snowcross races, and I wanted to get out there one year and do it, and I didn't. I think I ran out of time <laughs> age-wise. Not in your head, though. No, your no. mind doesn't change. Your body changes, but your mind stays the same. Well put, well put. <laughs> yes. All right, let me ask you this. Another thing that's real popular up there is uh, ice uh, motocross on ice oh, yeah. with spikes. Have you ever done any of that? Yeah, well, we used to go to a festival every year called Tip Up Town. Yeah. They call it Tip Up Town USA in Houghton Lake, Michigan. Okay. So we would go every January. It's the second and third week weekends in January, and they would do that, that racing. They'd have the spikes in the tires, yeah. and the guys would go out there and race. And then, of course, they had the snowmobile drags. The guys would oh. go out and do the snowmobile quarter-mile drags on the sleds, you know. So I did some of that because I had a racing snowmobile. Okay. I had a Skidoo, an MXZX 800. It was a twin mill. Uh -huh. And I ordered it brand new. <laughs> it radical red in 2001. So I got that snowmobile. I had the baddest sled. I had the baddest sled for a year uh -huh. <laughs> that year. So, so I'll tell you a story about Houghton Lake. Okay, the winters got warm in uh, 2021, 20, The winters got really warm. They were warm winters, and we would go sled the Houghton Lake, which would freeze over in the winter. Uh -huh. Well, I went out there, and there was a water hole out there in, on Houghton Lake, and you could ski across the water on your sled. Okay, so I was out there showboating one year with the new sled, <laughs> and, and the ice was thin, so I pulled up to the edge of the ice to take off and go across this big water hole, and guess what happened? Exactly. The ice broke underneath me. And Ooh. the sled shifted about three or four inches down, and the ice dropped, and the sled dropped, and I dropped. So I squeezed the throttle. 
I said, oh, heck, I can make it across here. So I squeezed the throttle, and I made it halfway, and I went to the bottom. <laughs> Brand new sled, $12,000 sled, the bottom of the lake. Is it still there? No, no, I had to drag it out. You had to drag it out. How deep's the lake? Uh, right there in that area, it was, about, uh, it was about five feet deep. Oh, okay. So I was able to get the sled out with a rope and, and about 10 guys pulling and lifted the skis up on the ice and it would break and I'd move the ice and we'd drag it a little further and drag, drag it up on there. So we had to drag the sled back to the cabin. I had to work on it for about three hours to get it running. You know? <laughs> dump the water out of the motor, dump oil down the cylinders and put the plugs in and pull the shit out of it until you got it started. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, All right, so now... Fun times. Imagine the water was cold. Cold. <laughs> Hypothermia. <laughs> I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Because you could feel your body slowing in the cold water. So that was kind of scary. Oh, really? You could actually feel yeah, it? Was, yeah, I could feel it, yeah. So if it was five feet of water, it was... Uh, it was scary. I was up to my chest. Up to my chest, yeah. Oh, wow. So oh, I, had to get out of there. I was in the water for about 30 to 45 minutes almost. That's long enough. Yeah, it was long enough. Yeah. To get your okay, so how far from the shoreline were you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, 200 yards, probably. Oh, that's two football fields. Yeah, we were pretty far off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. So that was scary. I never really got scared of anything in my life before, and I was scared because I thought I may drown. <laughs> 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 All right, Maverick. Yeah, we got the we got we got a few minutes left here. We got about three minutes left. Okay, so on good. a YouTube video. So tell people about your YouTube video. What's one of the coolest things that they can see on your YouTube channel? Well, uh, we we uh, uh, what can we? What's the coolest thing you can see on my YouTube channel? Well, you've been doing this now for how many? For how long you've been doing this? Well, YouTube? we just started this YouTube channel about uh, about eight ten weeks ago. We oh, really? This channel, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we started the channel about eight ten weeks ago. We thought we'd do some dog rescue, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got some some street racing on there. I got uh, me running around done eating my side by side. Uh, I got uh, uh, yeah. What'd you guys do there? You guys went down there for Halloween. You oh, and Stevie yeah, there. Yeah, I dressed up. I got a I got a big side by side Kawasaki. So I yeah. dressed it up for Halloween. Okay, and, and we, had a trailer, we, right? Yeah, went down to Halloween. Went down to Dunedin with it about three weekends in a row. <laughs> and we towed people around town during Halloween, all dressed up. I was dressed up as Zorro. My buddies were dressed up on the wagon. <laughs> we had a blast. You know, <laughs> we just do kind of cool, crazy, fun stuff. So if somebody wants to maybe participate in one of your YouTube videos, what do you, what kind of stuff are you looking for? I mean, you know, people are listening, so you know what kind of stuff you what you want interesting, fascinating, different stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're planning on we're planning on uh, some events at some of the uh, local animal shelters here. We're going to get together with some of those after the holidays and and help with some dog rescue and some adoption mm -hmm. things like that. I'm going to do a lot of cool car stuff because I'm a car guy. Speaking of car so, stuff, you're going to go to Turkey Rod Run this weekend. We're going to Turkey Rod Run this weekend. Yeah. Are you going to do uh, some uh, Maverick will do it at the Turkey Yeah, Rod we're going to do Maverick will do it there. Yeah, I'm taking over the Cuda. We're going to take the Barracuda over there and cruise okay. around. And, and I got 29 other guys going. Okay. It's a big group. You know, Russo's my shop, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, Russo's, they're all going. So uh, Pat's and Dunedin. Yeah. Pat's uh, place there. He's bringing three cars. Oh, okay. So uh, it's a big, big, big event for all the hot rides. Have guys. you been there before, the Turkey Rod? Yes, that was the Turkey Rod in 2020. You know? Okay. What other car shows do you go to around here? Uh, we do Quaker Steak and Lube on Thursday night pretty okay. much. Yeah, Quaker Steak and Lube, we go there. 
And then uh, we usually go over to Barracuda, Harley-Davidson, and OCC after Quaker State. Uh-huh. Kind of hang around, listen to the band, do some things like that. But, uh, yeah, we just kind of, we do a lot of cruising down around Dunedin at night and Clearwater and just kind of get the car out and take a cruise at night, you know? There you go. The weather here is just beautiful here in Florida, so it's just wonderful. Are you ever planning on, uh, how often do you go up to Michigan? Uh, I go back to Michigan, uh, usually, uh, I'm going back for the holidays to see mom and dad. So, okay. So I'll probably be back around there around Christmas and New Year's. Okay. So, uh, and then we'll be back after the first of the year. So I forgot to ask you, how about skiing, snow skiing? I did some snow skiing. You did yeah. some snow skiing? I did some snow skiing, yeah. My dad actually likes to snow ski. And my dad actually, he likes to snow ski. Oh, really? My dad's 84 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for and him. My brother Tony, he was, he's a big skier, too. So. Okay. Where do you ski in Michigan? Uh, we ski, you ski all kinds of different places. Uh, Cabrafay Peaks uh-huh. is one there. Uh, it's near the home, near our place up north. So that's what we've usually been skiing, Cabrafay. You know, or near the near the uh, lake house up there in uh, Michigan. So okay. that's cool. in uh, Wellston, uh, Irons, okay. Irons, Michigan. Yeah, it's near Cadillac. Near Cadillac. Yeah, if you get to Grand Rapids and you, you get to uh, Big Rapids and you get on Highway 55 and and go toward Manistee, you run right into us over there, Sand Lake. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so now if you go back to Michigan in the summertime, are you going to do any uh, Maverick will do it stuff up oh, there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll do some stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll do some stuff up there in Michigan, too. How are we doing on time there, Bobby? we got two minutes left. Right on. All right, two minutes. Well, Maverick, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. Why don't right you go on. ahead and plug your uh, thing one more time for all our listeners yeah, this here. this is Maverick will do it on this YouTube. Maverick will do it on YouTube. We'll yeah. hold this up right like here. Like and subscribe, and this is, this is baby Emma. That's baby Emma. <laughs> and, and, and hanging out here with us hey, is Scooby-Doo. Here. Scooby. This is Scooby-Doo. Man. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Hey, buddy. Look at this guy. Isn't he yeah. nice? <laughs> That's a big dog. Oh, I love Scooby. Look the at big Scooby, dude. Emma. Look at Scooby. You like Scooby? She's like, no, I want to sit on his head. <laughs> well, Maverick, it's been a pleasure having you hang yeah, out with us here. Well, obviously, Thank we'll you, try to get some people to tune in to Maverick Will Do It. Maybe you'll see us on there once in a while, too. Absolutely. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for hanging out here with us. Uh, Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network. Bobby, thank you. Uh, happy Turkey Day. Happy thank Thanksgiving you, to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, yes, Maverick you know, and Emma. And uh, so uh, hopefully we'll see some of the car shows. I mean, you might run into Maverick out there. He might be doing his uh, his Randy Savage impersonation oh, yeah. there. Macho man Randy yeah. Savage. <laughs> anyway, so we'll see some of the car shows. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.